Jesus said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. We thank you for the election of grace. Our lives is like a story told many times. Day by day, declare your wondrous works. Every moment is a testimony of your faithfulness. We wake, we sleep, we wake, we sleep. It is by your mercy. It is of the Lord's mercy the scripture tells us that we are not consumed. Thank you, Father, because you have disappointed the devices of the crafty. Their hands will not be able to perform their enterprise. Thank you for setting our feet upon the Mount of Victory. Thank you for every invisible wars you fought on our behalf. The Bible says our soul is like a bird that escaped out of the snare of the fowler. We thank you. We're grateful to you for divine promises that have been made to bear in our lives on a daily basis. We just read together tonight that it is the Lord who daily loads us with benefit. Lord, you just don't give benefit. You load your people. We're loaded tonight with the benefit of God. We honor your name tonight. Even much more, we commit ourselves to you tonight. That no flesh will glory in your presence tonight. We pray the Lord that you will convey your eternal will to each of us tonight. And the Lord, you will impact our lives in no small manner, in no small, in no small way. In the name of Jesus. Spirit of the living God, we thank you. We thank you because you will bring grace. You will bring change, transformation. You will encourage our heart. You will lead us to a path that is higher than where we are now. Thank you, Spirit of the living God. Thank you for your divine purpose that we have been talking about. Thank you for the purpose that supersedes every other thing in life. Purpose is stronger than any position that may be given to us by men. Position comes, position goes. But God's purpose remains the same. Lord, conditions in our lives are not permanent. Conditions come, conditions go. But Lord, your purpose remains the same. Thank you for your eternal purpose. The scripture calls it eternal. And that is a convincing word to us. That regardless of what we may be going through now, you are a God of purpose. You will bring it to pass. We lift up your name tonight. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Amen. And amen. And amen. amen. Can we put up our hands together for the Lord tonight and just give him praise and bless the name of our God tonight? Hallelujah. The songwriter says, I am dying, O Lord, and I have heard thy voice. I am dying, O God, and I've heard thy voice. And it told thy love to me. It says, but I long to rise in the hands of faith and be closer drawn 
to thee. There are inspirations from this scripture tonight. The second stanza of this song says, Consecrate me now, Lord, to thy service. But the power of your divine grace. I love the last sentence there. It says, And my will be lost in thine. I don't want many of us listen to that. And my will be what? Be lost in thine. So it's possible that we could have, we, as we know, we all have wills and desires. But he says, let it be lost in yours. This is a man who understood purpose. Because a man of purpose would submit his own desires under the desires of God. When I was going to close on these songs, something very interesting. There are depths of love that I cannot know. There are heights of joy that I may not reach until I cross the narrow sea. May the Lord from now begin to place us in a position where we begin to experience the heights of the divine joy. We want to continue tonight on the supreme purpose of God. That's what we're sharing tonight. We started sharing on discovering the, the, the plans of God. So let's take a look at the scriptures tonight on the supreme purpose of God. How does that relate to our lives as individuals? Let's turn our Bibles together tonight to the book of Isaiah chapter 14. And I'll be reading Isaiah chapter 14. I'll be reading from verse 14 tonight. Sorry, verse 24. The book of Isaiah chapter 14 from verse 24. Hallelujah. The Lord of hosts has sworn, saying... Surely I have thought, and it shall come to pass. And as I have proposed, so it shall stand. That I will break the Assyrian in my land, and on my mountain tread him on the foot. Then his yoke be removed from them. And his body be removed from their shoulders. I love these scriptures. Israel was a nation loved or beloved, better said, by God. To be loved is not an excuse to take God for granted. Many of God's beloved have taken his love for granted. We remember the book of Solomon? My beloved is mine, and I'm his. Who shall find my beloved for me? God wants us to know that as much as he loves us, there should be obedience in love. 
there should be reverence and love. Israel went to stray from God. Then they became captives in the hand of the Assyrians. Many of us will still remember tonight Isaiah chapter 10, when the Lord said, and it shall come to pass that his body shall be taken from off thy shoulder. Do we remember that? And his yoke from off, sorry, his body from off thy neck, and his yoke from off thy shoulder. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing of the Holy Spirit, because of the anointing. In this scripture, we understand whose yoke the scripture was talking about in the book of Isaiah chapter 10. It was the yoke of the Assyrians. The Bible says, this is the purpose that I have proposed, and it shall stand. God is saying, I have not proposed that my people will live in a perpetual bondage. I will liberate them. This is the purpose of God that will suffer a nation Israel. The same purpose God has for this word. If anyone has no knowledge of God, they are bound. It doesn't matter who they are. It does not matter the position they occupy. If you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are bound. And it is in God's interest that you may experience the true liberty. Liberty is a function of relationship. Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Through who? Through Jesus. The Bible declares here in verse 26, this is the purpose that it proposed against the whole earth. This is the end that is stretched forth over all the nations. For the Lord of hosts has proposed, and we will annul it. His hand is stretched out, we will turn it back. God was speaking in the affirmative that he had a purpose to deliver his people. Who is going to stop him? He said, my purpose will stand. Let me bring that to our own contemporary experience. God has a purpose for your life. Your present condition, your present situation should not be a limitation to the fulfillment of the purpose of God in our lives. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I met somebody and he was asking me, what happens if somebody is not born? What happens to the purpose of God in their lives? I said, God still has purpose for everyone. But you see, the purpose of God becomes activated in your life. Immediately, you relinquish all of your heart and all of your life to the Lord Jesus. And say, Jesus, become the Lord and the Savior of my, of my life. From that moment, the purpose of God becomes activated in your life. Takes a powerful turn from that moment onward. God becomes eternally committed to see his divine purpose through in your life. So Israel, God spoke in the affirmative. I have a plan for these people. Let me read verse 27. It says, for the Lord of hosts has proposed, we will annul it. Now this is interesting. In verse 28 it says, this is the burden which came in the year the king Ahaz died. Do not rejoice all you of Philistia or Palestina in my other version. Because the rod that struck you is broken. For out of serpent's root will come forth a viper. And its offspring will be a fiery flying serpent. 
The firstborn of the poor will feed, and the needy will lie down in safety. I will kill your roots with famine, and it will slay your remnants. God is speaking to the enemy nation. Wail, O gate, cry, O city, all you of the Palestina are dissolved, for smoke will come from the north. No one will be able to, no one will be alone in the appointed times. Verse 32. What will they answer the messenger of the nation? That the Lord has founded Zion. I want us to read that together. And the poor of his people shall take refuge in it. The Lord has done what? Has founded Zion and the remaining of his people will do what? Will take root in it. God founded a city for his people. And the Bible said these people will do what? Will take roots. They were bound. They were taken away captivity. They were under the oppression of the enemy. But the Lord is saying, I have a purpose for your life. However long the captivity had been, I am here to bring a major rescue. And in my rescue, you will be established. God did it. Did he do it? Yes, he did. Tonight, the Lord wants us to know, if he had a purpose for Israel, he has a purpose for your life. God's purpose was acquired when Jesus shed his blood. God's divine will became active in our lives. Let's read together tonight. I know we know this scripture, but let me just, let me allow us to read tonight. Romans chapter 8 verse 28. For we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God. And to those who are called according to his purpose. So there is a calling that God go to God's purpose. In other words, your calling to the kingdom of God is by divine purpose. Let's read the book of Ephesians chapter 1. Let's read verse 11. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11. Ephesians in chapter 1 verse 11 says, In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him, who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Being predestined according to the purpose of him, who works all things according to the counsel of his will. I'm going to spend some time on this scripture. I want us to take a look at this passage. It says, in him also we have obtained an inheritance. In who? In Jesus, your inheritance is found. In other words, there is no inheritance for you anywhere else other than in Jesus. This is why it's so difficult for many people in the world, particularly in the secular world, to believe when we say to them, there is no other way to God but through Jesus. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. In other words, there is no access to the divine except through me. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the only path to the Father, not one of the ways. In the 21st century, because of the political correctness, because of secularism, there have been a lot of compromise from many of our pulpits, letting people know, that, well, you know, this is very relative. The truth of God's word is absolute. It is not relative. There is only way to God. 
How many people have died for other people's sin? Only one person did. He left the portals of glory with one purpose. Jesus was born to die. And he knew it. For behold the Lamb of God that has been slain from the foundation of the world. Behold the Lamb of God that was slain from the foundation of the world. So he was born to die. First John, for this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. How would the destruction of the works of the devil come? By his death. Hebrews chapter 2, the Bible says that through his death, those who have been subject to bondage all their life may be delivered from the fear of death. What a great opportunity we have to know Jesus. The Bible says in him we have obtained an inheritance. Being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things. To be predestined is to declare the end from the beginning. In other words, ever before everything was ever made, God already knew the end. And in the end, he brought the end and placed you in the, in the beginning. And said, leave it out. Hallelujah. Being predestined according to the purpose of that works all things. God is still at work in your life today. To bring you into a perfect man. Fully mature. Being built up into an heavenly house. That the glory of God may break forth in your life. That's what the Lord is doing. Many of us wonder why we go through some stuff in life. It's because God wants to train you. I'm going to get there. God wants to ensure that his purpose and his will for your life comes to pass. But it does not come to pass without a process. The Bible says, who works all things according to the counsel. In the same scripture, purpose, counsel, purpose, counsel. The counsel of his will. Deep scripture. Who works all things according to the counsel of his will. You know what? There are certain things that are working. They are at work. They are unbelievable. They are invisible to man. They are incredible. Our minds cannot comprehend the workings of God. But the truth is, God is working that his counsel for your life might be accomplished. Joseph was born a child with a dream. Growing up, had a wonderful dream. I'm going to get there tonight to describe to us in vivid details what are the things we learned from the life of David. But did God have purpose for the life of David? Yes, man. Yes, sir. Did God walk David through the process of bringing his counsel and his purpose to pass? Yes, sir. He did. Is that what he's doing in your life today? Yes, sir. Is that why sometimes you just wonder, why are things like this? I, had, I know today many Christians have wise. We have many wise, many unanswered questions. Could it be that God is behind the scene, walking your life into his own divine purpose? One of the greatest questions we have heard is that if God is in the midst of this, why is it so difficult? Do we remember that? If God is in the midst of this, if God is in the, it's directing my ways and directing my path, why is it so difficult? Yes, sir. God himself 
went through a difficult time to bring you the purpose of salvation. How many of us know it isn't easy to give your only begotten? The Father gave the only begotten. The only begotten went through every imaginable torture. Imaginable torture. Jesus was spat upon. It was a shame in the land. Jesus was beaten with many stripes. Many stripes. It was a shame in the land. Jesus was, was crucified outside of the camp. It was a shame in the land. You only do that to the, to the, to the worst criminals. Jesus went through it all. When in the end, he said, it is finished. Not my will, but I will be done. May the Lord bring his purpose to pass in your life. Let's read another scripture, Ephesians chapter 3, to just confirm what I'm reading tonight. Ephesians 3 verse 11. It says, according to the eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. We also confirm tonight when you talk about the divine purpose of God, it is not something that God is, um, it's not a spontaneous thing that, oh, Maybe I, maybe I should make him, maybe I should, maybe I should walk in, oh, maybe I should do this. And this. No, it's an eternal purpose. Everything is eternal. It's been in place before you were born. The plan and the purpose of God is a settled matter. Everything is settled. The purpose of God for your life is a settled matter. It is non-negotiable. Maybe it's going to change your mind. No. The plan and the purposes of God are real. They are eternal. They are solid. They have the power to overcome. The Bible says according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ. That's what I mentioned. However, a man may be, he could be rich, he could be famous, he could be in position, but if he has not come to the true knowledge of salvation, he will miss out on the purpose of God for his life. He will. I don't care what the person is, how famous they are. The, the, the first level, the first step to take in reaching into the maximum purpose of God is to come to the knowledge of salvation. As a matter of fact, salvation is the first step on your process of coming into the divine purpose of God. Second Timothy chapter 1. Let's read what the scripture says. In Second Timothy chapter 1, I'm going to read verse 9. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9. Are we there together? Let me read from verse 8. Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me the suffering for the gospel According to the power of God, verse 9. I want us to pay attention to this. Who has saved us? Everyone has saved us. And called us with the holy calling. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus when? Before the time began. Before the time began. In other words, before there was time, there was purpose. Purpose precedes time. That is why when our time is over, 
Let me say, I want us to look at me. When our time is over, the purpose remains. The purpose came before time. When you're gone out of time, the purpose of God remains. I'm going to continue tonight. How does God communicate his plan and his purpose? He does it in diverse ways. I started last week by looking at the concept of desire. I believe, and I'm going to reiterate this tonight, that one of the ways by which God communicates his will and his purpose to our lives is by creating a strong desire in your heart. A desire is a strong force of detection in the spirit. Hallelujah. It's a what? It's a force of detection. How do you detect? How do you discern? How do you recognize? We discern by desire. That's why when God places a desire in your heart as a believer, don't wish it away. When the desire is of God, it's stronger. It doesn't leave. When you try to do everything to, to, you know, to just discourage it, no. The desire that is divinely motivated, that is divinely organized, will remain. That's why many of us have lived with certain desire, particularly kingdom desire, year after year, even when in the natural, you don't look like as if you'll be able to accomplish it, but the desire remains. I remember the story of a brother in college. He was in the 300 level, and just he mentioned that since he gave his life to Christ, he, he was always seeing a picture of a group of people with a particular mark. On their faces. And God, he, he saw that there, there, there were rings around their ears all the way down. We know the people who, who have all those stuff all around. And you know, the way they dress, it, it was not really trendy. It was some kind of weird way of dress. And he kept seeing that picture from time to time, from time to time. It was during the period of praying that he, he, he the desire was there. He kept wondering, what is this? Who are this? The Lord was leading him to those who have been bound to all sorts of misbehavior. You know how people, you know how they pierce themselves? You know, those who have pierced themselves. I read this in the Charisma magazine. This man kept seeing the picture in his mind. This is the people that God wants me to minister to. He wasn't having any special position, but he kept having this desire. And you know what the Lord did? The Lord began to lead him in that direction, began to organize circumstances that will make it possible for him to have a relationship with these people. And he began to minister life to them. Do you know what happened? With all the ways they have placed, pierced their ears, pierced every part of their body, they began to come to the knowledge of salvation. How many of us know that God will accept you anyway? You pierced your nose, pierced your skull, it doesn't matter. As long as your spirit is born again, <laughs> as long as Jesus comes to live inside of you, God is happy. A soul has come into the kingdom. Desire. Many of us have read the story of Billy Graham. Strong desire. This man will wake up and go to bed every night with a load of burden in his heart for the unsaved in nations. 
And it was a driving force. The man is over 90 years old, I guess now. Very old. But you know what? The work lives on. Each time you turn on and you see the crusade of 1940 and 1960, there will be, for many of us who are spiritually concerned, you will, be, you will have this nostalgic feeling of a man that God used tremendously. A man. Just a young man, not because of education, not because of anything, but because of his strong desire to see kingdom of God grow. I don't know what God has placed in your heart as a desire. I don't know the wood the Lord is leading you to. I don't know how impossible they look like. I remember the story of a pastor who prayed, Lord, just give me a soul every night. And then the Lord said, you want that? Yes, I want that. And God kept putting a desire in his heart. God put in a desire and he said, he will not go to bed every night without at least talking to somebody that Jesus loves you. One night, according to his story, we had it, I had a tape that time. He said he was already in bed. I think around 11 at night. And then he remembered he had not spoken to anybody about Jesus. He jumped out of his, out of his bed, wore his clothes, and went, went out. There was nobody. He went into, where the, you know, into a bar. And then saw these people talking. And, and he said, they were talking about somebody they wanted to have a birthday for. And she said, and he said, as a preacher, he said, oh, we could throw a birthday for her. And everybody said, well, you know, they didn't know him. Let's organize a birthday for her. And right there, he caught somebody and spoke Jesus to them. Desire. What is the desire in our hearts? What are we expecting the Lord to do through our lives? Number two. A growing impression. Another way by which God communicates his purpose is by what? A growing impression. How many of us know it is not everyone that would dream like Joseph? No, not everybody. It is not all of us that will have a vision like Paul the Apostle had in the book of Acts of the Apostle, correct? Chapter 9, chapter 10. Not many of us will have such visions. That's why Paul's testimony throughout his life and ministry, how many of us remember his testimony? I cannot be disobedient to the heavenly vision. It was the strong impression in the man's life. Hallelujah. There are people who never have such dreams. There are people who don't dream. <laughs> they desire to dream, but they don't. If they dream, they don't want to tell it to somebody else. <laughs> they keep it to themselves. So it becomes an issue. How do I know the divine purpose of God for my life? I have found out there is what they call a growing impression. What do I mean by that? The Holy Spirit will begin to impress in your heart a particular, a particular area that the Lord wants to use you. And you know what happens? It will keep growing. It will keep growing. Many people have not heard the audible voice because that's where we're hiding. I've not heard from God. That's not what we're saying. What is the growing impression in your spirit? What is the growing desire? What is the growing? I use the word growing because from time to time, you could see a definitive increase. A definitive increase in the, in the, in the pressure being placed by the Holy Spirit in our heart. Hallelujah. Number four, divine revelation. I just talked about the fact that many of us will not have dreams and visions like just, but there are some of us that will have divine revelation. God can reveal his divine purpose for you in vision and dreams and in dramatic insight. He can. It does happen. But you know what I've noticed? 
when God grants a dramatic insight, and I want, I want us to study this together tonight, when it gives visions and dreams, it gives a dramatic insight, it does not give details. Hello, church? God gives you hints into his plan. What did I call it? Hints into his divine plan. You do not have all the details. That is why it is important that all of these factors that I mentioned tonight work together. If God gives a divine vision, the divine vision will lead, will lead to a growing impression in your spirit. Let me, let's read the book of Genesis chapter 37 tonight and look at the life of Joseph. How many of us remember the story of Joseph? I want us to read a couple of things about him tonight. Genesis 37. Jesus is Lord tonight. I read in verse 3, Genesis 37, in verse 3, the Bible says, Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his own age. And he also made him a tunic of many colors. But his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, and they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers. And they hated him even more. The first problem was the cloth. The second one was the dream. The dream is my concern. So he said to them, please hear this dream which you have dreamed. There were, there we were binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheaf stood all around. I bowed down to my sheaf. Do we remember that? That was the first dream he had. Secondly, in verse 8, and his brother said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us? Shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Verse 9. Then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brother and said, Look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time the sun and the moon and the eleven stars bowed down to me. So he told this to his father and his mother, and his father rebuked him and said to him, what is this dream that you have dreamed? That you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in his mind. May the Lord bless us. I want us to listen to this. What did Joseph see? Church, what did he see? He saw the sheaves bowing down to one sheep. He saw the moon and the, the sun and the moon and the other stars bowing down. And that's all he saw. There were no details in that revelation. Let me tell us some of the things we did not see in that revelation. There was no information about the process that would lead Joseph to his purpose. Hello, church. Was there any information about the process? No. There was no information about the pit. There was no information about the prison. In fact, there was no information about the palace. So there was no clue of the process. So that is why it is so dangerous to place your entire life on visions and dreams alone. Because in the midst of that, that is why a lot of people back out. Even though God is leading them in the path of his divine purpose, they back up. Why? Because what they experienced was not part of what they saw in the divine revelation. That's why don't surrender your life to a prophet. Say, you know, I saw this. It is okay. I'm not saying they didn't see it. But you see, they don't see the details. 
God will allow the details. God wants to be God. It is his sovereign will to reveal to you what he wants to. Hallelujah. And you know what God wants? He wants absolute obedience. In our walk of obedience with God, the details become explained. If God will reveal to us, let me say it clearly to us tonight. How many of us know that God, if God shows you every detail of what will lead you to his purpose for your life, many of us will run away from it. We tell God, you know what? About this purpose, we can as well forget it. Let me live, enjoy my life, have a beautiful family, and someday everybody sing at my burial ground and let it be over. It wouldn't show you because if you see it, you don't want to, you don't want to go through it. Hallelujah. Joseph didn't see. Number two, there was no information about the fact that it was going to be in a foreign land. Do we see that? There was no information. So there was no information about geography. There was no information about details. Only God knows what he has placed in your life and what the geography of God will be concerning your life. I want us to really listen tonight. How many of us know Nehemiah was in a foreign land serving, yet the divine purpose of God was for him to go back to his father's land. Joseph, he was in his father's land and it was the divine purpose of God for him to be in a strange land. Do you see why we cannot compare ourselves with each other? Do we get what I just said? Who knows? The geography of God's divine plan in your life. Who knows the place of the fulfillment and the satisfaction that God intends for you. But you know what I found? In each of these men, they found satisfaction where God led them. You remember Isaac stood up one day because of famine and said, I'm leaving Gira. God said, do not leave that place. Stay right there. He wanted to follow after his father's example. Abraham was in Gira. He left Gira to go to Egypt. Isaac wanted to do exactly the same. And God said, I am the God of Abraham, but beyond that, I'm also the God of Isaac. I am the God of the fathers, but I'm the God of the today. Do not let your life be based on what God said. What is he saying now? Church, did you hear what I just said? Let your life not be totally head up on what God said. What is he saying now? What is he saying to you? What is he saying to your family? What is he saying about your future? What is he saying about your today? What is he saying now? We wrestle, we fight each other in the kingdom because of what God has said. There are people who God walks with in so many thousands, three, you know, years ago, early centuries. God used them in tremendous ways, with diverse ways of miracles, of water, and of this. But what if God chooses a different method today? What if God has moved on? What if the glory tabernacle of God has moved on? What if the glory of God has moved? Hallelujah. Number three, concerning divine revelation. Joseph did not also see in his dream that it was not just the father and the mother and the, and the family that were bowed to him. Do you know that Joseph did not see that his, mo uh, his mother would not be there at the time of the fulfillment of his dream? The mother was gone. Do you see what I'm saying tonight? This is why the brothers wanted to kill him, but the mother was not there. Do you also notice that Moses, uh, sorry, Joseph did not also see the bowing down was not just from his brother. It was going to come from the foreign language. The entire Egypt, he was next to Pharaoh in power. 
excuse me, who was bound unto him? The entire Egypt was bound unto Joseph. Maybe what you're seeing, what God has in mind is far better, greater, deeper than what you saw in your dream. Because the God we serve, he says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has he entered into the heart of me. What the Lord has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them to us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yet the deep things of God. May the Lord move in our hearts and create a desire, a strong passion in our heart to discover his divine plan and purpose for our lives. Only God knows what God has in mind. Do not allow today to determine your thought of tomorrow. Only God knows what he has in his thought for your life. Only God knows the dimension of his will and his plan concerning your life. That's why I read that scripture in the book of Ephesians. The Bible says he works all things according to the counsel of his will. He is working. While you and I were sleeping, he is working. While you are busy with your career, he is working. While you are trying to take care of your family, he is working. Ever say he's working. He's working on my behalf. Joseph had no idea that the king was going to have a dream. But you know, the God who was working while Joseph was sleeping gave a king a dream he could not interpret. A dream that no one in the land, no astrologer, no, no, no sorcerer could interpret the dream of the king. And they needed a man to interpret. And God waited. That leads me to what I'm going to say tonight. What are the things we need to pay attention to when it comes to God's purpose? Number one, the things that are critical in God's purpose. I have three to tell us tonight and we're going to pray. Number one, Every purpose is established by counsel. I'm going to take time on this. Every purpose is established by what? It's important to understand that counsel is critical to the divine purpose of God for your life. There are people who after they have a hint, a little clue of what God has for them, they did not wait. To receive counsel. They run and they run without energy. When you are to fulfill God's purpose in your life, you need all the energy to be able to fulfill it. Part of the energy is the insight provided by counsel. How does counsel come? I'm going to mention it to all. Counsel, I wrote down in my note, the scripture is a book of counsel. That's the first thing I want to know. That is the primary source of counsel. The scripture is what? Of counsel. Everything that God wants to do in your life is written in his word. It's written in his word. The spirit of God will not lead you in the direction of what is against the written word of God. There is no way the Bible will lead you to go have an extra three wives to be able to fulfill God's divine plan. It is wrong. It is anti-scripture. There are people who have been deceived because the enemy took advantage of them. No way. The Bible is very clear about God's plan for marriage. So whatever is making us to feel, you know, God is living in this direction and I think I need another extra wife to be able to do it. You are a liar. It's not true. It's not of God. It has to line up with God's will. Do we see this? Counsel. Proverbs 15, 22. Let's read it. Proverbs 15, 22. Do we love this tonight? Hallelujah. 
Proverbs 15, 22. Let's read together. I want us to read from King James Version of the Bible. If you do have one, please help me tonight to read. Without counsel. Do we see this? Without counsel, purposes are what? It doesn't mean it's canceled, but it's disappointed. Who is disappointed, God? No. The man is disappointed because if you run without counsel, there will be disappointment. Finish, my brother. What is he saying? He's saying, even in the midst, this is God's purpose for my life, but there is a need for counsel. It's a multitude. I said the primary source of counsel is what? Is the word. But it says even in more, there will be other ways of counsel. Praise the Lord. That's one of the things that we teach when God is calling you to play guitar. You know that you have a heart for instrument. You know where you need to, you need to hang around those who are godly and are playing better than yourself. Hallelujah. When you know the Lord has called you to sing and you found a brother or a sister who is way much better, who is far ahead of you, hang around them. Find out how they do it. The Lord has called you to teach. Hang around those who are teaching. The Lord has called you to be a writer. Find somebody who is specializing in writing. Hang around them. Counsel. Counsel. Because none of us is totally built to become everything God has made us to be. We need counsel to be able to move on in the divine counsel of, in the divine purpose of God for our lives. I love my version. I'm going to read New King James Version. Excuse me. It says, without counsel, plans go hurry. <laughs> without what? Counsel. Plans go what? They go hurry. They go in different direction. But with counsel. Because sometimes when cancer comes, it streamlines your life. How many of us know when cancer comes, it determines your friends? It chooses where to go, where not to go. There are things that God has proposed for your life, it will determine your association in life. Counsel. And cancer could be in form of a training. It could also be in form of a learning. Counsel. Number two. There is timing in purpose. We must pray into full expression of God's plan in the appropriate time in our lives. We must pray into it. That the, that the full purpose of God will find its expression in our life. We pray into it. We pray into it. And God will begin to make a way where there seems to be no way. Do we know that in life, life will hold it until you demand it. When God calls you, gives you a dream, God will make a way for your dream. Because it's the one that, that actually originally gave you the dream. Whatever God calls for, he provides for. He will arrange circumstances to line up with his will and plan for your life. Number three. Let's read about timing. I just want to read three scriptures and then we'll go ahead. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And in verse 1. Because many times we listen to quick messages about purpose and we say, oh yes, let me go to it. But there are details that need to be understood about purpose. What is it? To everything there is a season and a time for every purpose. Correct? A time for what? For every purpose. Chapter 3, verse 17. What does it say? I said in my heart, 
God shall judge the righteous and the wicked. For there is a time for every purpose and every work. Ecclesiastes chapter 8. Hallelujah. In verse 6, this is what the scripture says. I don't know what you read in King James. What does it say in King James verse 6? Hallelujah. To every purpose, there is what? Time and judgment. To judge situation, in other words, every situation is not the same. You need time to be at the appropriate place and to be able to do appropriate things at the appropriate time. Judgment. Hallelujah. And lastly, tonight, number three, things about purpose. Every purpose of God in your life is unique. Everyone says unique. I am born unique. I have a unique purpose for a unique God. I want us to say after me, I've been born unique. I have a unique purpose for a unique God. I cannot be like any other person because God's purpose for my life makes me unique. Hallelujah. The purpose of God in your life makes you unique. I was reading this story in Matthew chapter 26. I'm not going to go there because of time tonight. Matthew 26. Do we remember the story of this lady that walked into where Jesus was at the table having a time with a couple of people, his disciples and a couple of other men. And this lady entered and she had in her hand a bottle of alabaster oil. And she walked in and she was looking. The Bible said when she walked, everybody was looking. What has she come to do here? This is not women gathering. This is not women conference. What is she looking for? The Bible says she broke the bottle. First of all, she started to cry. Broke the bottle and poured it all over Jesus. And began to use her hair to clean and clean and clean. And I'm sure some of the disciples looked at her and said, I hope there's no problem here. But according to the story we read, Judah said, if we, why did she waste this money? We could have sold this and give it to the poor. But the Bible tells us something unique tonight. I want us to listen to it. Jesus said, she did it for my barrier. Incredible. For my what? Barrier. Do we know the importance of that statement? I'll tell us tonight. That don't ever miss your moment in life for purpose. Don't. Don't look at men discouraging you from moving in the direction of, your, of his will for your life. Don't allow men to stop you. They'll try, but don't let them stop you. I'll give us an example from this scripture. Do we remember that Jesus, when he was taken down from the cross, took to the, took it to the, uh, the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea? Do we remember that? The women gathered together with spices and spiky hair. Do we remember that? They wanted to go and anoint Jesus. Before they got there, he had risen. Before Jesus, oh goodness, if they had waited, if she had waited, it would have been over. What the women were waiting to do, she already did. You never know. That's why purpose is timely. Jesus said something incredible. He said, anytime, anywhere the gospel is preached, a name will be mentioned. She became a reference point. Everywhere the gospel is preached. Why? 
she did something you could have considered simple. But it wasn't. The money she spent to buy the oil was almost like a year salary for some people. And she broke it. She poured it all over. The whole room was filled with the fragrance of that oil. What am I saying tonight? What opportunity has God given to you? Have you used it well? Lord, help me to see the story of a brother. Some years ago, had an opportunity to minister the gospel. And he said, every opportunity that God gives to me, I will use it. An evangelist. They were traveling on a ship. When they got to the middle of the ship, there was a terrible wind. You know what happened? He was on his way for an evangelistic meeting. Here comes the storm in the midst of the sea. What am I going to do? The ship will move in this direction. It will take the other way around. The life of all of them were in danger. They were about to die. You know what he did? He said, I may as well begin here. I'm not going to wait until then. I may as well do what? Begin now. When the ship tits this way, when, if, when the, the ship push him in the direction of some people, he will shout, have you received Jesus? Accept him now. He will take him to another place. Have you received Jesus? Accept him now. I'm not going to wait until I get to the, field, the mission field. I would rather say it now. Who knows whether God has a purpose for the lives of those who are here. May the Lord help us to maximize and seize every moment in our lives. Let's rise up to pray tonight. Purpose. Seize every moment. Seize every moment. Let's pray tonight and speak to the Lord. Lord, all I need in my life is that your purpose for my life will be accomplished. Lord, let your will be done in my life. Lord, let your divine purpose for my life be accomplished. In the name of Jesus, can we begin to pray tonight?